Royalty comes to Indy this weekend as King Henry and his Titans try and spoil the Colts' momentum. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked on Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Colts fans, thanks for joining us, making your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. This is Jake Arthur joined by the lovely Zach Hicks. You know, the two of us from horseshoehuddle.com, of course. And guys, it is officially football season now. We got football weather. I, I don't know about the other parts of the country, but for those of you in Indy, it's been nice, crisp fall weather, 50s and 60s all week. I love it. I got some chili in the crock pot right now. We've made it. Uh, the Colts have the Titans for their first matchup of the year. Uh, and today we're going to kind of give you our final book report on this matchup, uh, including the latest injury news for the Colts, the main points we're watching for in this game, and then ultimately our predictions. Uh, now, Zach talked with Tyler Rowland from Locked On Titans on Thursday's show. If you guys haven't caught that yet, uh, check out some of that. But we'll kind of gloss over and, and go over a little bit of uh, those things that that the two of them talked about as well today. Uh, but first, we'll go ahead and just kind of knock out some of the stuff that Zach and us as a pair have not talked to you guys about yet. Uh, the Colts made just kind of a modest move on the practice squad recently. They dropped our guy, Forrest Ryan, one of our uh, summer superstars, yeah. uh, brought in cornerback Ryan Smith. Uh, now, he's really experienced. I think he's 28, 29. Uh, he was a fourth round pick in 2016. He's played in 77 games in his career uh, with 17 starts for the Chargers and Buccaneers. I don't personally know much about him, but I'm sure you've got him cataloged in your old draft takes somewhere. No, I don't know if I was doing draft stuff back then, but uh, no, he, he is a guy who's well, well-traveled around the league. I don't know if he crossed over with Gus Bradley with the Chargers. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, last I remember him was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though. Uh, he did play a couple snaps, good special teamer, mm-hmm. so... Uh, probably just a Tony Brown uh, type backup. You know, if, if Tony Brown were to go down or any of the top corners in front of Tony Brown were to go down, Ryan Smith would probably be elevated to be that special teams like Gunner or special teams ace. So nothing too big there. Probably uh, more likely to see the field than our guy Forrest Ryan ever was. But, uh, you know, yeah. it never hurts to have good quality veteran depth. Yeah. And then you mentioned injuries. Looking at some of the injury stuff, it looked pretty shaky to start out the week on Wednesday. Uh, some big names on the report. Uh, but Thursday got a little better. Uh, Julian Blackman and DeForest Buckner were still out. Blackman, if I had to guess, with what I'm guessing is an ankle sprain. Uh, two straight did not practices. I don't know about his availability Sunday. We'll right. see. Uh, luckily, it looks like they're in good shape with Rodney McLeod, Rodney Thomas, and Nick Cross, though. So really not to worry there. Uh, Buckner, he's got a big elbow brace on. He didn't participate in practice, but he was seen working off to the side. 
Uh, he's never missed a game due to injury, so my panic meter for him is not really buzzing yet. Yeah, with with Buckner, it's weird because I think his injury last week was something different, wasn't it? Uh, it, was, it he was... had a hip the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so we got, you know, last week we got a hip injury. <laughs> this week we've got an elbow. Next week it'll be like a knee or an ankle, and then, you know, he'll yeah. be just the bionic man by, by the halfway totally. point of the season. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not too worried with him playing uh, just because he is a guy who – typically fights through it now that's not always a good thing i'm not advocating for it obviously uh but you know he is just a guy who typically plays through it but like you said about julian blackman i'd be i'd be shocked to see him play this week Uh, no practice leading up to a very physical game with the titans yeah Uh, i don't i don't really think i mean he would probably have to have a really good day tomorrow if he were to go tomorrow uh but i I would bet the colts play it safe with him and, and he doesn't suit up this weekend yeah, we've seen him play the Titans before, and that is a dude that wants all the smoke with Derrick Henry and everything. Yeah. So it would it would take a really clean week of practice leading up for him to to go into that matchup, and it just seems a little bleak. Right. Um, the Colts, uh, they got Stephon Gilmore, Ryan Kelly, Yannick Ngakwe, and Jonathan Taylor all back as full participants Thursday. All of them were out Wednesday. Now, Gilmore, of course, had the hamstring that put him out briefly uh, during the game on Sunday, but he returned Kelly with a knee was a new thing. And Gawkway had the back actually dating back to, to the summer. Uh, but he had missed some practice time last week. And then Taylor missed apparently his first practice since high school yeah. uh, with that, that toe injury, but he was back as a full participant on Thursday. They said that was just kind of precautionary. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys should all be full goes. I'm guessing this week. I don't, I don't anticipate anything holding them back. Uh, the really interesting one is Shaquille Leonard. Again, yeah. back-to-back full practices. This makes it, shoot, I want to say like eight or nine full practices in a row now for him. But is this the week that you really want to roll him out there? You know, a, a, a very, very, very tough physical matchup with with Derrick Henry and the Titans. I don't know if this is the right game to throw somebody out there who's coming off of a major nerve surgery <laughs> this offseason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the game. Now, I know... I know it's hard to say that like you can't be like, oh, this is a physical matchup. We don't want him out there because every week is a physical matchup in the NFL. Like it could be the Titans. It could be the Jets. You know, there's going to be physicality in every single matchup. But I don't know if this is the right one to roll him out there, especially with, you know, I've had my issues with the linebacker play this year for the Colts. Like, don't get me wrong. It could be better. But all three of them are playing really, really well in run defense. You know, Zaire Franklin's, I think, the lowest graded run defender of the group. And he's still receiving pretty high marks according to pro football focus. And also from mm-hmm. my own personal grades. So I, I really don't know if this is the week to roll him out there. I mean, again, if he says he's good to go throw him out there, you know, if you got, if they all feel comfortable, I'm sure that there's a plan for him, but you know, if it comes down to like kind of pushing it a little bit, I, I think this is the week not to, not to push it. You know, you have, Three linebackers pouring well against the run against a run heavy team with a with a bowling ball at running back. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't push it this week against uh, Derrick Henry the Titans. Yeah, I agree. And again, just from when he spoke with the media, again, it didn't sound like it didn't sound like we've reached the point where he's ready. It sounds like it's still a work in progress. And I I feel kind of compelled to go to bat for Leonard here because there's been so much talk about him being soft or he got his contract and now he doesn't want to play or he's electing just not to play but why is he ready he's been doing full participation so yes he's been a full participant 
and the Colts did not keep him on pup to start the season, but that's because they needed him to practice. Right. He's been fully participating in practice, which is awesome because they need him to regain his physical form that he is Shaquille Leonard. Like right now he's maybe a lesser linebacker or he's, he's working his way up to being the all pro player. We all know and love. Um, he had a back, he had a, a procedure on his back. You know, there's nerves involved in that. There's all sorts of stuff. Like your body has to regenerate and regain its strength and all that stuff. So yes, it's been a while, but like, he's still physically progressing. Like it's not like the first or second week that he got out there. He was ready to be Shaquille Leonard, the maniac. Like, no, he's progressing each week. Like, yes, it's frustrating that he's, for fans, I guess that he's fully participating in practice, but not playing, but he's not like, he's not in game shape yet. That's why he's not playing yet is because, right. okay, he's practicing, but he's not getting smoked by Derek Henry in practice. Like <laughs> that's just not how it is. Like he's progressing. He's getting there. Like he'll probably be there. It's not another thing of the Colts holding back injury information. Like I feel like they've been as forthcoming as they can be. It's probably also, the most forthcoming we've seen them be with yeah, injury. So you also uh, need to know how to read between the lines, like with how guys talk about certain things. Like, right. I'm not panicked about this. Like, no, I I'm no longer going to try and put a timetable on it. But like, it seems like they're getting closer all the time. But if you're looking at the their calendar, so if it's not this week, they have Thursday night football next week, which would seem unlikely against Denver. But then they have, you know, the 10-day layover until week six with Jacksonville again uh, back at home. Maybe that's it. You know, you, you've got half a month until then, essentially. Right. Um, who knows? But, like, it just just hang in there. Like, yeah, he's a guy looking out for his best physical interest. And – there's no point in rushing him out there when he's 80, 90% when you could wait just a little longer and have him at a hundred percent. The season is long and he plays one of the most physical positions. Like it will be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Just for me to add a little bit on there. Um, if you're going to criticize anything, maybe criticize how long it took doctors to find this injury because it's something that's been nagging him for a while. And also when they found it, they found it close to the season. And so he had surgery close to the season. And as a result, he's been missing time in the season you know so yeah you could criticize when the surgery happened or how long it took them to find it but look we're talking about players who are going out i mean they're they're shaquille leonard's playing 100 percent snaps when he plays it's just what he Mm -hmm. does then he plays a very physically demanding position and when you're talking about a major nerve surgery you're talking about you know repairing nerves and really fixing a lot of things in there you got to take into account the guy, the player's physical ability come, trying to come back, and also their mental ability coming back. There's a lot of guys coming back from, you know, say, ACL injuries or ankle injuries or something like that, where they feel scared planning on that foot. You know, right. how 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 do you think it is with a back injury or a major back surgery? Where, where's the comfort level when it comes to anything kind of physical? You know, anything physical would probably would would scare me at least. I don't know about these players, but I can understand there being some mental hangups, some physical hangups right now. So. Yeah, just give it time. I mean, this is not a player who by any definition is soft. I mean, look, you no. you could say a lot of things about Shaquille Leonard, I'm sure. But when it comes to actually playing on the field, and he's not soft. You know, he's never been no. soft. He's played through injuries his whole career. It's always what he's done. So, uh, yeah, I do think, it, you know, it's, it's a little absurd. If, you, if you've been a big Shaquille Leonard fan since he's been here in Indy, don't turn on him now because he's missing a right. couple games after having major nerve surgery in his back. 
And the thing about the money is he got his money last summer and then proceeded to play the entire season, another all pro season on one leg. Yeah. Like, it's not like he got his money and just went and hid. Like, he played a full 17-game season and should have been playoffs on one leg. And if you watched right. Hard Knocks at all, you know how taxing it was. And that's our rant about Shaquille Leonard. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you guys can agree that watching the Colts can be a very anxious experience at times. And if you've ever proposed, then you know how nerve-wracking that can be. Mix in the fact that you've got a small, expensive piece of jewelry, and maybe you're right near the water or somewhere that can make that ring disappear. You don't even have to consider that risk. Brightco's got you covered. We all hate insurance, right? These guys at Brightco turn the whole experience around, so it's probably the easiest thing you can do for yourself this week. No excuses. For 5 bucks a month, you can get totally comprehensive coverage, and it won't take you more than two minutes on your cell phone. Check it out. Bright.co forward slash locked on. Again, that's bright.co forward slash locked on. I was so fired up for Brightco, I almost read your part. It's fine. You could have just finished it for me. <laughs> so let's get into this jewelry. game plan. Yeah, I know, right? Let's get into this game plan a little bit here before we start going on rants about jewelry. Uh, I, I kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday with Tyler uh, during the crossover pod, but I am not confident in anything Colts offense related until this offensive line gets its bleep together, you know, like it really needs to get its stuff together here. And uh, I, I just can't say anything with confidence. I mean, on paper, this is a really, really favorable matchup for the Colts. You know, the, the Titans want to run the ball. They, the Colts have the top run defense in football. Uh, the Colts want to run the ball. The Titans have one of the worst run defenses in football. A lot of things are favorable for the Colts in this matchup, except this offensive line is so disastrous right now that I just have, I don't have any faith in the offense until I see something more. That's what I'm saying. When I was looking over this matchup and what the Colts could do, I, I am just begging this line to show up and just, just play average. Like you, you mentioned it uh, with Tyler, like just rise, rise to mediocrity or even below <laughs> average. Like, do, just, like be not the last ranked line. Cause like, right. This is a game where Jonathan Taylor could just go nuts if they give him the opportunity. Tyler mentioned that the Titans struggle to defend pull blocks, which the Colts have really excelled at over the last few years. Um, Taylor, Taylor excels in, in anything. Like, he creates his own yards, but if you give him holes, like, we've seen him go absolutely bonkers. And then the quarterbacks. Uh, Derek Carr, I thought, had some nice moments. Uh, Josh Allen was Josh Allen. And I, f- I forget who, what, week one, Daniel Jones had an efficient game. Like, Matt Ryan, if you give him time, you've got Michael Pittman out there. You've got Hines. Like, the Colts offense could really be productive in this matchup if the line just lets them do it. Yeah, and again, when it comes to the Colts offense right now, I'm really not too concerned about anything outside the offensive line. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I think Matt Ryan could have could be better this season. I I, I want to see more of him, but it's hard to evaluate him right now with how awful this offensive line's been. I think the pass catchers have been perfectly fine this year. I don't have any issues with them, and and I think the running backs are doing the most they can with with what they have available. It's just when you have an entire positional group as important as offensive line, just failing at all levels, it it hinders your entire offense. So if we're talking the biggest matchups or the biggest keys to victory, just get this offensive line 
Yeah. <laughs> as long as they can just pick up blitzes or like they can communicate well. Like I don't even care if they're getting smoked one on one. I don't care if Danny Pinter is throwing at Matt Ryan like 10 times in this game. I don't care. Like just don't have free rushers and Matt Ryan will be yeah. fine. Like like last week was such a fundamental disaster in terms of communication and picking up free rushers. Like mm-hmm. just just limit the free rushers and I feel like this offense should be fine. So yeah, I mean, if we're talking matchups for this game, uh, you know, it's it's how the Colts kind of mitigate the disaster that was that Chiefs game in pass protection. A game they somehow won, but yeah, yes. you, you can't keep rolling the dice like that. Like offensive line play that poor is not going to result to wins that often. And on the flip side of it, obviously the Colts have to defend the run against Derrick Henry well. Like that's that's what stirs the drink over there. But honestly, I think the front seven needs to play fast and violent for a whole other reason as well. And that's the Ryan Tannehill bootleg, like getting him out on the move and just getting him comfortable throwing on the run. That's an area he likes uh, and and excels at. So I think just, you know, keeping the pressure and just basically, you know, you did it against Patrick Mahomes, who's probably one of the most dangerous throwers on the run there is. And I mean... Do it against Ryan Tannehill and you should be gravy because Tannehill, as good as he can be, he's not Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, obviously you want to do what you can against someone like Derrick Henry, but don't let Tannehill just eat you alive rolling out like because he can do it. We've seen it before. Yeah, the biggest thing that I've noticed with this Titans team that I, I haven't really done a full review on their team yet, but I have looked at a little bit of their games is their rushing attack this year is a little different than what it was in years past. And this is because they have such a smaller offensive line. Uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Brewer at left guard is is the smallest starting guard in football. I think the Titans team site lists him at 6'1", 274, which that's insane. If wow. He's actually, yeah, if he's actually that small, that's insane. I'm guessing he's probably closer to like 290, like 295, but still, uh-huh. that's on the smaller end. Uh, ben Jones is still a good center, and then I think at right guard, they're rolling out Nate Davis still, who is more of like a zone blocker. Uh, Nate Davis so, actually popped up on the injury report Thursday as it did no. not uh, did not participate with a knee injury. So that's Ooh. definitely something to keep an eye on with an already okay. weak line. Or okay. I won't call it weak, but can be uh, – you, you, know you know what I'm talking about. Can be exploited <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. when you're looking at this offensive line, it's just not what it was in years past. And there's no Roger Saffold, that big, powerful left guard. Uh, mm-hmm. At left tackle, they don't have Taylor Lewan this year because he's out – uh, Dennis Kelly is not their big, powerful right tackle. You know, it's a lot of smaller athletic linemen. So what the Titans like to do this year is a lot more zone runs, a lot more outside the number runs. And and it did kind of work this, this last week against the, the the Raiders, even though it struggled the first two weeks. So, you know, like, like you said, it really is going to come down to just how fast and how aggressive this Colts defense is in run defense if they want to stop Derrick Henry because it's they're not going to go right at this Colts strength. Up front. You know, they're not going to run – H back dive right at Grover Stewart the entire game. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna try to pound their head into Grover Stewart and how dominant he's playing. They're gonna try to get on the edges, they're gonna try to use misdirection and, and use counter plays to get these young linebackers kind of going the wrong way. Uh and the Colts just have to do what they've been doing these first three weeks and run defense. Be be fast, be aggressive, and be uh, correct in your run fits and your run reads. And and this top run defense should be able to maintain against Derrick Henry. Yeah, and uh, this this last chunk, I'll just lump in with our uh, final takes, our predictions that we'll bring you guys here in a moment. All right, so Zach, this one's always a, a tough game to pick. Like I, I know you and Tyler really went back and forth, had some struggles picking it yesterday. Yeah. So 
I think I'm going to go with 24 to 20 Colts. I'm not I'm not going to give them a 30 spot yet until I see that they can actually do it. But I'll give them 24 points, which would be a season high for them. I do think the Titans, um, I think they'll threaten them quite a bit. I think it'll pretty much be a, a tight game, one score game pretty much. So I, I think what the Colts really need to do and what did them in in last year's home matchup was so many of the stupid mistakes. Like this was one of Carson Wentz's most blooper reel games with the Colts last year, you know, the left-handed throw back in the end zone for the touchdown, the, the pick in overtime, things like that. Limit that stuff, which you're almost never going to see on a football field stuff that bad. But also, you know, the uh, Taekwon Lewis had his unfortunate knee injury, which is something you can't control. He had the interception fumble. The very next play, they had a long touchdown to AJ Brown because Xavier Rhodes, didn't make a great effort on the tackle and Brown just snuck down the sideline for the long touchdown. So just don't do dumb stuff. And I think you'll (laughs) overall be okay. But yeah, 24, 20 Colts. That expert analysis there from Jake Arthur. Don't do dumb stuff and you might win. (laughs) Don't be an idiot. Change my life. I think one of the most fascinating storylines to watch in this game though, is there's something that's going to have to break between the Colts being the worst first half team in football this year and the Titans being the worst second half team in football this year. If you actually look at these two teams, I think uh, Tyler mentioned it. I might be getting the numbers a little off, but I think he said the Titans are being outscored like 52 to seven in the second half this year. Whereas the Colts have only had one offensive touchdown in the first half this season as well. And it came off of a botched punt off of a, Mm -hmm. you know, a muff punt. So we, we've got two offenses that are only good at certain parts of the games. They cannot yeah. maintain it for an entire four quarters. Now, will either of these offenses do that in this one? Probably not. I don't <laughs> I don't see it happening. But for me, and I said this yesterday with Tyler, is uh, the biggest thing for me is which weak link on these teams falters first. You know, does the Colts offensive line just give up 10 sacks to this Titans defensive front that is fully capable of doing that? You know, Jeffrey mm. Simmons, Nico Autry, Rashad Weaver, uh, Mike Vrabel's variety in blitzing. Like, this could be a game where if the Colts offensive line is not ready, they could get blown out of the water because they're just giving up sack after sack after sack after sack. Uh, on the other hand, though, will the Colts defense be able to completely shut down Derrick Henry and just limit everything the Titans want to do on offense? You know, which of those weak links, you know, I, I guess I guess not weak links, but which of those, those matchup disparities really – goes so far the other way just you know changes the entire tide of this game i think that's going to be the most fascinating thing uh i think on paper both these teams are extremely similar uh their offenses are struggling their defenses are trying to hold up again as their offenses are struggling and it's just not been perfect uh both have weaker offensive lines both have quarterbacks that have not played their best ball both have really talented running backs that are just not really getting much going behind these weaker offensive lines uh, I, I do think the Colts have everything going their way going into this matchup, every single thing leading their way. But again, this offensive line will make or break everything. Uh, I have 24-20 Colts as well. I think I said that yesterday with Tyler, but I, I could see this going. I really could see this going in like 20 different ways. I could see a blowout yeah. Titans win. I could see a blowout Colts win. I could see uh a nine to six win for either one of these teams. I could see, you know, just I could see a slot fest or I could see a, an explosion of points on either side. It really is just what breaks first 
on both of these teams because I do think both these teams have a lot of flaws, uh, but also have a lot of talent as well. So it, it's it's a really a battle between two evenly matched teams early in the season with that both had high expectations and now going to this game kind of you know kind of limping a little bit. Yeah, and then. Yeah, it's it's just totally a throw it against the wall, throw the darts out there game because you have no clue how it's how it's going to go. Something I wanted to to pick your brain on: Do you think Gus Bradley reverts to some of the early season schemage though? Like this seems more like a Nick Cross game, and you know maybe not as many snaps for Isaiah Rogers because this is very much a, a power run team, you know in its spine with Derrick Henry. So do you think, I mean, Julian Blackman plays a role in that as well, but do you think it could be like McLeod and Nick Cross start at safety and we don't see very much Isaiah Rogers in this one? I think Isaiah Rogers not playing as much could be something that factors. I mean, Brandon Faison has been awesome in run defense this year and same with Stephon Gilmore. So I could totally mm-hmm. see that be this being more of a face-on game and, and Colts fans being up in arms after the game. Yeah. I could totally <laughs> see it. Uh, I actually think it's probably more likely that we see Rodney Thomas and Rodney McLeod out there this week. And that's only because, again, the biggest thing last week and the whole whole reason why Nick Cross didn't see the field as much is because of communication. It, mm-hmm. It's not that Nick Cross is bad. It's it's not that he deserved a benching or anything like that. It's just when you play against a passing attack like that, you need to have communication. And now when you're yeah. going against a team like the Titans where it's a lot of misdirection runs and then it's a lot of play action – communication is just as important you know it's it's a huge huge element of this game now i'm not saying you can only play nick cross against vanilla offenses because there's just not many of those uh but you would want to have a rodney mcleod out there and then maybe have you know this this i mean again nick cross is super freaky too but rodney thomas i think is just better suited for that free safety role and you have him kind of back there uh, as that free safety and then you'll have uh, mcleod around the line of scrimmage communicating everything so i think we'll see nick cross rotate out there a little bit more uh, but I do think this would be mostly a Rodney Thomas and Rodney McLeod type game. Uh, it just makes more sense, I think, again, with the communication that's going to be needed up front against this play action. Yeah, may- maybe, I mean, more than the one snap he played last week, maybe he gets right. in and like power goal line situations because he has excelled defending the end zone. And then if you're throwing him in there for run support purposes, obviously closer to the, the goal line would would be about it. Yeah. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to throw out there for this game uh-huh. is – which makes me a little more confident in the Colts. It is actually an October game. I didn't realize my brain always always says the first four weeks are September games and then Mm, (laughs) the other one. So the Colts are out of September, the worst month every single year with Frank Reich and the Colts. So, you know, we might, we might be turning around early this year. It might be only three games in that dreaded month of September. So we get that, that fourth game in October. So uh, I, you know, if you guys are into betting and stuff like that, you know, the Colts being out of September, it might be, uh, you know, leaning a good way there for the Colts. There we go. That's great news. Well, shoot. Any more thoughts on this matchup? That, that was, nope. that was a good little nugget to end it with. No, that's a little nugget. I had, and it's probably just me being the only one who didn't realize it was in October until like today. <laughs> Cause I looked at the schedule and I was like, <laughs> Oh wait, it's October 2nd. Uh, but no, I don't really have any much more to add. It's just, again, I, I think this, this could go either way. Uh, hopefully we're celebrating a victory on Sunday because I do think the Colts have, again, just every matchup going their way. It's just what offensive line shows up. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, well, so that is it for us. Uh, before we hop off, I just wanted to to mention, obviously, um, 
Hurricane Ian came through Florida uh, this week. Southwest Florida was severely impacted. I, I just want to, sh- you know, kind of shout this out to them as well as another area of the country that's that's got some issues going on. Uh, a couple areas very just kind of near and, and dear to me. So Southwest Florida, especially like you guys have probably seen like Sanibel was hit very hard. Captiva, like. If I was going to hit the lottery today, I would own a home in Captiva next week. You know, like that's that's my happy place. I've, I've got a, a ton of great memories there. You know, my wife and I uh, had our honeymoon there. We were able to take our daughter there last year. Uh, so Southwest Florida, you know, Fort Myers, all that stuff. So much of it, you know, plays a role in, in my life so far. And so it, it really sucks to see what's going on there. I have family still in Florida, Central Florida right now. Um, also, you know, an area of the country that almost we don't ever hear about, you know, on, uh, on the mainland here is, uh, Alaska. They, they got hit with Typhoon Murbach, uh, Western Alaska did and kind of similar damage up there, you know, in the polar opposite, uh, region of, of the country. So we need to kind of keep them uh, in our thoughts as well, but, you know, more than anything, um, I'll, I'll be making a donation, I guess, to the American Red Cross. I did a little research today just to see what would be the best, you know, uh, best places I could I could give and and do that. I don't. I'm not sure if I'll ever be back to Alaska. I, I was born there. That's where my connection was. I was born in Alaska, uh, but Florida. Shoot, like I already can't wait to get back there and just like contribute to their economy after this. Like. Uh, so the next best thing I can do right now, I guess, is just make a, a donation to the American Red Cross. I'll go ahead and throw that in the show notes as well. But yeah, it's a couple of hard hit areas of the country that could really use uh, our help right now. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, again, you know, if you guys if you guys want to make a donation as well to the Red Cross, that's going to be in our show notes, like Jake mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you guys have any other areas that you've been donating to, like or GoFundMes for families in need in these two areas, please put them in our comment section on YouTube or on social media, wherever uh, we would love to retweet and and kind of spread awareness to any of that stuff, guys. So uh, if you guys want to message us on social media at Jake Arthur NFL at Zach Hicks two uh, and at Locked On Colts uh, on Twitter, that's where you guys can find us. Again, on the YouTube channels as well, you can you can send the messages there, and we'll we'll try to get some some uh, some eyes on that stuff, you know, with our following. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks again, guys, though, for making Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you an expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys Sunday.